Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Advocates Notes, where we explore the interesting intersection between law and life. And here is your host, Kevin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the fourth episode of Advocates Notes, where we demystify the jargon and unveil the fascinating world of law for the everyday listener. I'm Kevin, your host. Today we are tackling a Latin phrase that might sound like a tongue twister. Nemo debet bis vexari pro uno et idem causa. N-E-M-O, Nemo, debet, D-E-B-T, bis, B-I-S, vexari, V-E-X-A-R-I, pro, P-R-O, U-N-A, una, at, E-T, idem, E-A-D-E-M, causa, C-A-U-S-A. So that's Nemo, debit bis, vexari, pro, una, et, idem, causa. Now don't worry, you're not alone if it gives your brain a workout. But fear not, we are here to break it down and see why this ancient maxim still matters in today's courtrooms. So let's translate. Nemo debit bis vexari. The first part of that maxim means no one should be twice vexed. And the second part of it, pro una et idem causa means for the same thing. When you put the two together, it boils down to this. No one should be harassed or tried twice for the same exact offense. Now imagine this. You get accused of speeding and you go to court and you are found innocent. And that's great. The case is closed, right? Well, according to Nemo Debit Bis Vexari, that should be the end of it. The police cannot pull you over for the same alleged speeding incident again and drag you back to court. It's about protecting you from unfair double jeopardy and ensuring finality in the legal system. So where does this concept come from? It comes from Roman law and it can be found in legal systems all around the world today. It's a fundamental principle of fairness ensuring that people are not tormented by endless legal battles for the same issue. And this is relevant for you, the listener. As it turns out, Nemo Debit Bisfixari applies to criminal cases as well as civil cases. Imagine if a neighbor sues you for a property dispute. Now you go through the whole legal process and the court rules in your favor. And bam! your neighbor's wife decides to sue you again for the same exact thing. This is when Nemo Debit Bisfixari steps in and says, no, this is not happening. This has already happened. So let's take a detour to the cousins of our legal maxim. And we start with the rule against double jeopardy. This principle is deeply intertwined with our maxim and boils down to the same core idea. You cannot be tried twice for the same crime. It's a fundamental safeguard against the tyranny of the state to ensure that no one gets endlessly dragged through the legal meat grinder for the same alleged offence. The rule against double jeopardy 
specifically tackles criminal prosecutions. So, if you were acquitted of murder, that rule would prevent the police from reopening the case and charging you again. While we are on the topic, we have to talk about Autrefoice Acquit, Autrefoice Convict, and Res Judicata. Let's start with Res Judicata. It means the thing has been decided. Now, if a court has already decided a case, Res Judicata says, Sorry, folks, this case has already been decided. There's nothing else to do about it. It prevents the same case from being relitigated and it ensures finality. Whereas Autrefoy's acquit focuses specifically on criminal cases. It means previously acquitted. Imagine being acquitted from a crime after you have been accused of it and you have tried. Because of Autrefoy's acquit, the state is prevented from trying you again for the same offence. It is the double jeopardy defence for criminal cases. The opposite, but also much relevant, is uh, Autrefoy's convict. And it means convicted previously. Naturally, an accused cannot be found guilty a second time for the same charge. It's also another side of the double jeopardy defence. Now let's cover three other legal maxims which are related. The first is ne bis in idem. N-E-B-I-S-I-N-I-D-E-M. Ne bis in idem means never twice in the same thing. It's the same meaning as nebo debit bis vexari. You should not be harassed twice for the same legal matter. The second one is nemo bis Ponita, pro iodem delicto, N-E-M-O, Nemo, B-I-S, bis, P-U-N-I-T-O-R, Ponita, P-R-O, pro, E-O-D-E-M, iodem, D-E-L-I-C-T-O, delicto, Nemo bis, Ponita, pro iodem delicto, is related to autrefoys convict and autrefoys acquit. It means nobody can be punished twice for the same crime. So, if let's say you are the cookie monster and you're convicted of stealing cookies, you cannot be thrown in jail again for the same cookie theft. Justice should be served once and once only. Maxine number three. Nebo debit. Bis vexari. Sai constat curiae. Quod sit pro. Una et idem causa. And this one's a bit long. It goes N-E-M-O, Nemo, D-E-P-E-T, Nemo, Debit, B-I-S, Bis, V-E-X-A-R-I, Vexari. The same as the one before. Huh? And then the second part of it. S-I-C, C-O-N-S-T-A-T, Constat, C-U-R-I-A-E, Curie, C, sorry, Q-U-O-D, Quod, S-I-T, SIT, P-R-O, PRO, U-N-A, UNA, E-T, AT, E-A-D-E-M, EDEM, C-A-U-S-A, COSA. So, NEMO debit BIS VEXARI, SAI CONSTAT, CURIE, QUOT SIT PRO, UNA, AT, ADAM, COSA. It means no double vexation 
if the court sees that it's the same case. It's like an anti-deja vu mechanism that ensures you are not dragged through the same legal process again, if the court recognizes that it's the same thing. So what's the difference between these legal concepts? Well, Nemo Debit Bisvexari is the broadest one. It covers any kind of legal hassle and it prevents it from being twice happening onto you. Nebis in Edom and Res Judicata prevent retrials of the same matters. And Nemo Bis Ponita Pro Iodum Delicto together with Autrefois Convict and Autrefois Acquit tackle double convictions for the same crime. Finally, Nemo Debit Bisfixari Psychonstat Curiae Quod Sit Pro Una et Iedem Causa gives power to the court to recognize and prevent double vexation. So let's look at a real-life case as an example. And there is this case which was decided on January 2011, 19th January 2011, by the House of Lords in the UK. That case is uh, Regina, bracket, on the application of Coke Wallace, bracket, closed against the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England and Wales. 2011, UK Supreme Court 1. So the appellant, Mr. Cook Wallace, was an accountant. He and his wife served as directors for trust companies in Jersey and offshore jurisdiction. On 18th December, 2011, 02. The Jersey Financial Services Commission, short form JFSC, directed the trust companies that Mr. Coke Wallace and his wife were handling to be closed down. The JFSC also said that the trust company's records could not be removed. However, four days later, on 22nd December 2002, the appellant was stopped by police at the St. Helier ferry terminal. He had checked his car into a ferry that was headed towards St. Malo. There, in the car, the police found suitcases of documents related to the clients of the trust companies. There were trust deeds, share certificates, letters of wishes and other documents. Both the appellant and his wife were arrested and nine months later, on 16 September 2003, they were convicted for failing to comply with the direction. The appellant and his wife tried to appeal, but no leave was given in a judgment dated 14th January 2004. That could have been the end of the case, but 10 months later, on 2nd November 2004, the Institute received a complaint against the appellant. The complaint was heard five months later, on 19th April 2005 and it was dismissed on the same day. Nearly a year later, on 7 March 2006, a second complaint was received by the Institute against Mr. Cook Wallace. Here he raised a preliminary objection, saying that the first complaint, which was already dismissed, 
was exactly the same as the second complaint. Therefore, the second complaint should be dismissed on the grounds of Autrefoy's convict or Autrefoy's acquit. On the 7th of December 2006, the appellant's preliminary objection was dismissed. The appellant, who was upset with the dismissal of his preliminary objection, filed for judicial review on 7th March 2007. That application for judicial review was dismissed on 6 November 2008. An appeal was then made to the Court of Appeal, but that too was dismissed on 15 July 2009. The appellant, Mr. Cook Wallace, appealed to the Supreme Court, but before the appeal could be heard, the Tribunal of the Institute heard the second complaint on 9 December 2009 and decided that the complaint had been proved. The appellant was absent from that tribunal hearing, but the case proceeded anyway. The tribunal held that the appellant was to be stripped of his membership in the institute. That was when the case finally was heard at the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court then had to decide on the issue of whether the second complaint was valid in light of the principles of Autrefoy's convict, res judicata, and abuse of process. Now the court compared complaint number one and complaint number two and found that they were essentially and substantially the same thing. The court therefore allowed the appeal and overturned the decision of the Court of Appeal. Now there are several passages in this court decision which are quite notable. The first one is where the court said, in the famous case of Connelly and Director of Public Prosecutions, 1964 AC 1254, Lord Devlin said at page 1356 that the doctrine of res judicata occupies the same place in the civil law as the doctrine of autrefoise acquit or convict does in the criminal law. There was also another passage where the court quoted with approval from a 1938 House of Lords case, Workington Harbour and Dock Board against Trade Indemnity Company Limited No. 2, 1938, Two All England's Reports, 101. And the portion quoted was, The question will always be open whether the second action is for the same breach or breaches as the first, in which case the ordinary principles governing the plea of res judicata will prevail. In the present case, in my opinion, the plaintiffs are suing on precisely the same breaches as those in the first action and for the same damages, though on different evidence. I am satisfied that the first action raised the issue of all the contractor's breaches and treated and meant to treat the engineer's certificate as conclusive proof of both the breaches and the losses arising therefrom. The result is that the plaintiffs, who appear to have had a good cause of action for a considerable sum of money, fail to obtain it, and on what may appear to be technical grounds. Reluctant, however, 
as a judge may be to fail to give effect to substantial merits. He has to keep in mind principles established for the protection of litigants from oppressive proceedings. There are solid merits behind the maxim. Nemo bis vexari, debet pro yadam causa. And with that, we have now come to the end of this episode. Remember, this maxim isn't just about saving you from legal headaches. It's about protecting your time, resources and sanity. It ensures that the legal system works efficiently and avoids endless rehashing of the same issues. In the end, it promotes fairness and protects everyone from the arbitrary use of the legal system. So next time you hear about someone fighting double jeopardy or facing a repeated lawsuit, remember Nemo Debit Bisfixari pro una et yadam causa. This ancient maxim might be written in Latin, but its message is timeless. When it comes to the law, we deserve a fair shot at freedom from endless, unnecessary torment. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Advocates Notes. If you have any questions or legal maxims you would like us to tackle, leave a comment or shoot us an email. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us on our podcast. Join us again next time as we explore the intersection of law and life.